but it moved 13,000 clicks off of Facebook, 3,000 shares. It was like 500 comments and 6,000 reactions. Hey, I'm Cody Schneider. Welcome to the In The Pit Podcast. Today, my guest is Thomas Nelson. He's gonna teach us how he drives thousands of clicks for free per month from Facebook pages that he owns. I'm shocked this even works anymore, but the outcomes are insane. This episode is brought to you by Swell AI. Swell AI is an AI writer that helps you turn your audio and video files into written content. Go to swellai.com to sign up for free. All right, let's get started with today's show. Anyways, sweet. Thomas, man, I'm so stoked to have you here. I, I can't, like, I've been waiting, honestly, all week to learn this, this tactic or whatever you guys figured out, like specifically to, to Facebook and like driving traffic. Just for a, some context, Thomas and I worked together in the past at a, a previous company. He is like unbelievable at building communities. I, I, I don't, I don't would, you, would you say that's what you like really like specialize in? I, 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 I'll let you let you drive. I feel like that's probably the best way to do this. Yeah, I seem to have a little bit of a knack for community building across platforms. I've done it really successfully on Facebook, somewhat successfully on Instagram, and pretty successfully on Reddit as well. That's awesome. That's awesome. So just, I don't know what you talk about publicly, but you have a Facebook page that has like 1.6 million followers. You've owned it. I mean, I think you own a couple of them that are kind of in these larger scales. And then also, that's, yeah, that's the biggest one. We don't have to be shy about it too. It's yeah. called give a shift about nature. If your listeners cool, cool. want to go follow it for some environmental content that that would be fine with me. Awesome. Yeah. So it's give a shift about nature. Basically what you do, like you run this massive page and basically use it as a way to drive traffic to other like websites or products that you own, et cetera. And then on the, on the Reddit side, talk to me about that. I know a little bit of context. Like you were one of the like OG founders of the Bernie Sanders subreddit, weren't you at some point or. I wasn't a founder, but I sort okay. of adopted it after a while. So I participated in, in it in the 2016 election and then took ownership of it for the 2020 election. So it already had a foundation of about 200, 250,000 subscribers at that point. And we went ahead and doubled it for the 2020 cycle. That's crazy. That's wild. Okay. So for the uninitiated, like, how do you do, <laughs> I'm so bad at community. So this is like half of why I want to have this conversation. And like, I, I specifically, like I'm, I'm watching people basically build these companies on the backs of like discord or, you know, Facebook groups or whatever. Right. Can you talk to me about like, how do you cultivate that? And basically how do you like see the community so that it doesn't turn into just like a cesspool? Like, I, I feel like I see that happen so often, often where it like gets a life of its own. And it's like, I, you know, how do you create that kind of like guidance for it to, to move in the direction that you want it to, to where it provides value to your brand? Yeah. So it really depends on the structure of the community you're working with. Like this is actually really easy to do on Reddit and in Facebook groups because of how strong the moderation tools are. And if you, if you are really clear about the topic and what the rules are, and you set those moderation tools carefully, it's almost like just set it up it and forget about it. Yeah, it runs on its own. There's definitely a benefit to actually jumping in and participating in that community, whether it's a Facebook page or a Facebook group or an Instagram page. But these things really can be set up to just kind of run themselves, depending on the uh, strictness of your moderation tools. That's actually crazy. I didn't know that there was like, it was that hands off. <laughs> it's, it's as hands on or hands off as you want it to be, honestly. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Super interesting. Okay, cool. So to give some people some context too, like, so give a shift about nature. Like what, what's the amount of impression volume you guys do on a monthly basis? And like, what does that look like? Varies wildly depending on Facebook's algorithm. It can be 10 million in a month. Uh, last year around this time we were cracking a hundred, 150 million. 
impressions in a single month. Yeah. There was something wild that happened to a lot of pages toward the end of last year where algorithmically things really opened up and the page has 1.6 million now, but this time last year it was about 800,000 and it had taken me from basically 2012 up until 2022. So 10 years to cultivate that first 800,000 and the second 800,000 came in five or six months. That's wild. That's so, I feel, I mean, it's the classic, you know, whatever, like hockey stick growth curve where it's just, <laughs> once it starts doubling and it makes those jumps from made, you know, 800,000 to 1.6, <laughs> that's when it looks crazy. But so, I mean, you're obviously like, you've been doing this since 2012. You're an OG on Facebook pages. And it's like, I mean, I know that, but the audience doesn't talk to me about kind of the cycles that that's gone through. Like something we talk about really often or, or talk about often is kind of how there's like marketing arbitrage that happens for a moment. And then that dissipates and goes away. And that, you know, sometimes platforms cycle through because they're trying to get like engagement or users back for whatever reason that happens. But what have you seen specifically on the Facebook side? And I'd be curious if you've seen any of that on the Reddit side as well for these communities or these like, you know, massive social channels that are social pages that you created. Yeah. So with Facebook, having done this now for, I guess, 11 years, it's definitely up and down. There are periods where it's very easy to run a business on Facebook and there are periods where it is very much not that. And I think part of that is the way Facebook runs itself. Part of it is the algorithms. Part of it is also like how innovative I'm being. Like over the course of 11 years, there are times where I've just been like, I can't, I just, I'm not going to do this right now, like for six months. And then there are times where I jump in and I try to figure out what works and what doesn't. And it changes year over year over year over year. So if you're going to have a business on Facebook, you really, really need to be on top of that kind of thing. So right now, I think a lot of publishers and businesses on Facebook are discovering that there are some interesting tricks to pull people off of Facebook in a way that makes Facebook happy and in a way that will also make your business happy, you happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's super interesting. Do you like, I mean, let's just get to the meat of it. Like, talk to me about these tactics that you're doing. From my understanding, and again, let me just, I'll say that you and then you correct me how I'm, I'm misinterpreting it, but basically you're doing like a form of uh, engagement baiting. And I'd love to have you talk about like what that even is. Cause I think for the average user, you know, the average listener, they don't really know. And then like, what are the, like the tactical things that you're actually doing to get that traffic off of, off of page. And just to frame this con- like this conversation too, the, or this, this idea, like Facebook wants to get impressions on the platform because that creates more mm-hmm. engagement, but they don't want users to leave the platform. So it's kind of this like duality from a, <laughs> if you want to own one of these massive pages, like you basically are trying to get reached, but you're also trying to get paid. So it's like finding that common ground between that, especially when you're like a company, et cetera. So talk, talk me through the whole thing. And like, you also, I'd love to learn how you guys discovered this as well. Yeah. Facebook is kind of cryptic in a way because it doesn't tell you exactly what it wants, exactly what it wants, but it does leave a little bit of room for you to figure it out. So what we found to be really successful are viral posts that have a link either in the caption or in the comments, especially in the comments, less so the caption. And I think what's happening there is because an additional engagement is having to occur. So a person is clicking onto the comments or reading other comments because an engagement happens before the click off of platform. I think that's okay with Facebook because there's that on platform engagement links open in a new window and then people wind up jumping back into Facebook whenever they're done with you. Um, So I think that's why that in particular works. But 
Yeah, it is in, it is engagement baiting. I think that that's one word that you can use. There's um, probably a better term that's not as like <laughs> degenerate, but <laughs> yeah. I mean, the best word is probably pretty degenerate. It is, in a sense, kind of a manipulation of your audience's feelings and interests and desires. And like manipulation is such a dirty word, but honestly, when I'm on social yeah, media, I want it. Yeah, like I, I want that myself. Like I want to know why I should be connected to whatever content I'm seeing. So I'll give you an example of something that was really successful for me recently. Yeah, yeah, so Halloween time's coming. Spooky season is here. It's the middle of September right now. Yep. People like to decorate their homes with like fake cobwebs, you know? And these things are actually really awful for wildlife. Like birds get stuck in them, animals get stuck in them, insects get stuck in them. It's horrible. And then if they blow around, they can get consumed by animals. So it's really just not good from an environmental pro-wildlife standpoint, right? So how do I communicate to this to my audience? I could say, guys, don't buy that stuff. It's bad. It hurts animals, whatever. And it's not, I mean, some people will engage with it, but that's not really going to gain the kind of traction because I don't make it about them and I don't make it about their feelings about wildlife at all. I'm just saying this is bad. So what I did was, I can't remember exactly what I posted, but I said something approximately like uh, fake Halloween spider webs are awful for wildlife. Once you find out why, you'll never buy them again. And it drove... This is like a text post, right? Like it's almost like one of those like cards that they put, like it's like the, the Facebook card. I mean, I see these on Instagram all the time as well, where it's like, and yeah. then people go to the comments and it turns into this massive, like, again, it's engagement baiting in a way where you're trying to get them to interact with that post so that it gets this distribution. And then you can put a link to your site, which is how you basically make revenue to continue this business process. Is that is that kind of the core business model or the, the what, what you're seeing from a, a strategy standpoint? That's how it works. Yeah. And that particular post that if I had been dull about it, probably wouldn't have gotten very much attention, but it moved 13,000 clicks off of Facebook, 3,000 shares. It was like 500 comments and 6,000 reactions. Like it really, it really resonated with people. And it's because I, I brought them in on it, you know? How many impressions that, did that get? Just like ballpark. I'm just curious about the CTR for something like this. I actually looked this morning. So I posted this thing six days ago and it's still yeah. driving a click about every two or three minutes. It's kind of wild. Just like That's how insane. long it's lasting too. But I checked earlier today. It was 250,000 people that that one post reached. 250,000. And yeah. you said that the total clicks were 13,000. Was that right? Correct. Cool. So that makes it, that's like a 5% CTR on this. So that the 5% CTR on a link to an article that's in the comments of this post that is basically yeah. getting the user to engage with it. So it gets a greater distribution across the platform too. That is so wild. Yeah. God, two, cli two, two clicks for 5% CTR. That's, that's insane. That's insane. Yeah. Just um, imagine if it was possible for me to embed it yeah, in the actual. Right no, 100%. Like an actual link. Oh, that's wild. So, I mean, and just for the, the, the listeners, so it used to be like that. You used to be able to just send that traffic directly, directly from these Facebook pages. I mean, we, we have, you know, mutual friends where they basically were like running massive e-commerce shops entirely off of like free organic traffic that was happening from Facebook. Pages. That's how I got my start. I had a, I had a t-shirt shop that sold branded t-shirts essentially. And there was like kind of a hook to it as well. For every shirt that I sold, I had 20 trees planted through the charity Trees for the Future. But it got harder and harder to do business through Facebook just in that way, like by pushing heavy organic traffic to e-commerce shops. There's still ways to do it. 
that was a period in which I just didn't really innovate and hang with it. And after a few years of doing it, I just didn't want to do it anymore. So I just moved on. No, that makes total sense. Makes total sense. I mean, as the market evolves too, I feel like there's like uh, arbitrage at open points, but at the, so at this point, the company, it's, it's functions really as like a publishing like organization, right? Like that's how you get, that's how you're monetized. I know you have a couple different ways that you do that. Like you're basically building a newsletter, you're selling products through the platform. And then you also have like, you know, like AdSense, et cetera, like other media partners that you're associated with. Is there any other like monetization that you're doing? I mean, 13,000 clicks off of that. How come for actually, before we go there, how many of these posts could you do a day? Like, could you do like five of them, like of these engagement style or like, is it one a day or is there a limit? Have you, have you kind of, you know, pushed the envelope on this? I, I'd be curious. So I've never pushed it hard enough to recognize that there is a limit anywhere. Usually I'll do two to three a day when I'm feeling it pretty much. I've heard from other publishers who I think that five a day is probably about the limit that you want to stick to. As far as like other types of content, you can go about once every hour. But if you're driving people off platform, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, I'm going to get on, I'm going to get in on that. Don't overdo it. Start with one or two a day. Cool. Cool. That kind of makes sense too. I mean, if you can get 13,000 clicks a day, obviously like you have a larger like page, so it's, it's a kind of a different ballpark, but I mean, I imagine you guys are starting to employ this at like, like your day job too. So like, and just, again, I always just try to like give context to all this stuff. Like a lot of the best marketers I know, they like have these things that they own that are outside of the, like, you know, their, their real job. Right. And it's these businesses that they basically use as testing grounds for like all of this strategy and tactics. And then the things that they identify the opportunities, they then take those and they like employ them, you know, in the other places that they work or they're doing, you know, this type of, this type of like you know, similar, similar jobs, et cetera. Are you guys starting to do that at, at, at Rupa? Like, are you seeing it be effective? Like, what does that look like? And obviously I know you probably can't talk about like the details, but more just curious at like the high level. Not extensively. Yeah. Not yet. At least it is something that we're beginning to look at figuring out how to See, on my own properties, I can just kind of run buck wild. But obviously, when you're a business with brand values, you have to be a little bit more careful and keep it within totally. your brand guidelines. So that's kind of what we're trying to figure out right now. No, that makes total sense. Awesome. Okay, cool. So monetization side. So like, from my understanding, like you own a bunch of these websites that are in like a variety of niches. You're doing like SEO type work, but then this is another layer that's on top of it. Like, how do you, like, from a, from a, the traffic that you're driving from like, you know, organic social like this, are you seeing, like, is it paying you? Like, is it paying well? Or what does that look like? Or is this more like a top of funnel? I get people, you know, we're, I know that I'm going to get XYZ amount of newsletter signups or that type of thing. What does that look like? So in the last year or so, I've taken a different approach where in the past, yeah, monetization, I've had ads on page. I've made a little bit that way. Facebook traffic is less valuable than like SEO traffic, for example. It's usually like a few dollars less CPM for Facebook traffic. But I am finding that it's just not quite as valuable to me to pull short-term revenue out of this Facebook page. What's more important to me now is developing community and actually having a mission. So I've demonetized the website entirely. I'm just... I'm mostly focused on uh, newsletter signups right now, and that's pretty much it. Everything else I'm just letting ride. Interesting. And more just like to see like how big you can get at that type of thing. I mean, it's probably like nothing is what it's costing you to do this, especially if you're getting free traffic, which is nuts. <laughs> yeah, I never paid for any traffic to my own Facebook page. It all just showed up organically. <laughs> 
That's crazy. Okay. So like, say, you know, it's 2023, you're, you're trying to, you know, do this for it's, you know, a project you're working on or a company that you're at. What, what, how would you start? Like, where would you begin with this? And like, how would you kind of get the ball rolling in this and it, really to build a page that you could even get this level of distribution on again, you're talking about like, Hey, it's been, you know, I, you've done this for 10 years with this type of page. If you had to zero to one it over a 12 month period, what, what would that look like right now? I mean, the first step is really defining what your voice is as a business, what your brand guidelines, your brand voice sounds like exactly. And then you have to reconcile that with what your audience actually wants. One of the greatest mistakes that I see businesses make when they're trying to make Facebook worthwhile for them is deciding themselves what their audience wants and not listening to the feedback, not seeing performance. That's just, that's mistake number one. So you really have to reconcile those two things. And that's why I always begin. And then you can form you know, partnerships with other influencers to help give you a boost and in, in reach brand awareness and even followership. Although that is harder on Facebook now than it's ever been before. Uh, those would be my first steps in this space, zero to one. Would you, would you do any like paid acquisition for like likes? I know that was a strategy. I mean, years ago, I don't even know if it's even valuable now, but like traditionally it was like, oh, you get people to like the page and then you start posting this content on a regular basis. You get distributions from that. And then it like, it does reach to their people that look similar within their social graph, et cetera. Would that, would that work now? Or is that you know not going to happen basically? It'll work to some extent, but your organic growth will be stronger for you in the long run. I mean, this has been true for, I mean, really as long as I can remember on Facebook, if you're buying followers, even if you're targeting those, those followers properly, you're still going to wind up with a lot of people who are just not really going to be very engaged. And I think a lot of fake profiles as well kind of get swept into the mix when you do that. So there are benefits to to buying your audience, you definitely do get some real people and your audience size is also a proof of concept. Like if you're a B2B business and people are looking at you and saying, you know, is this company the real deal? And they see a hundred thousand followers on your Facebook page or your Instagram profile, they're going to look at that and say, okay, I think this might be trustworthy. Interesting. So Whereas if you're just, if you're a Facebook account with 250 followers and some posts that don't look very good and have no engagement, then, you know. It's, yeah, yeah. The concept less, isn't there. Less, less proof of like realness. Yeah. So if I'm like okay, tomorrow, I want to make a Facebook page and get it to ten thousand, you know, whatever followers. So, so talk to me about the difference, I guess, between like likes and followers. And I'm, you know, I, I haven't been in this world for <laughs> a while now. So, like, followers are the the that's what you want basically on these pages currently, correct? Because like that's who's actually like getting served your content, or yeah, I think so. Facebook is a little bit weird in this respect because they pivoted at some point from likes to followers, but never got rid of likes, but then added followers. And like my follower count it's goes up faster than my like yeah. count. And I don't understand why really maybe somebody out there knows, but I, I have no idea what that's about exactly. But the follower count I do think is more important because those are people who have indicated that they want your content to be served to them. Okay. Interesting. Cool. Okay. So if I wanted to get to like 10,000 followers, you know, and I had a, we'll say an unlimited budget or, you know, and, and the goal was basically as a way to drive organic traffic to a site or whatever, like what would be that process like to do that tomorrow or start tomorrow? What would that look like? Yeah. I mean, honestly, I would, I would take original content. Original content is important and it's becoming more and more important for Facebook and Instagram. Original content is being rewarded a lot more than like memes that you just kind of like 
plucked yeah, from elsewhere. And I feel and like the identification of that stuff has gotten so much better. I actually just got a YouTube channel that's like an age YouTube channel banned. I'm so pissed about it. It was so, like, it's actually, it was a valuable asset. And I was doing some stuff that was like on that fringe and it w- probably took it too far. And anyways, mm. I mean, every marketer's done this at some point where they've like, <laughs> but yeah, we were basically like reusing content from other, other channels. So taking like TikToks and reels and stuff and taking the best performers and then distributing them on Facebook or sorry, on YouTube shorts. Have you found that Facebook is like kind of eh, like less distribution on stuff that isn't original content? It is increasingly getting that way. It wasn't like that even as few as two years ago, but it is increasingly becoming that way. They want original content. They don't want just the same thing shared over and over again. And I've heard, I haven't really experienced, but I've heard on Instagram, it's increasingly becoming the same way. Like people who are just resharing, they're seeing less and less and less distributions. So, So start with original content. I would recommend like always trying to pull your first few hundred or maybe few thousand followers from organic channels. So like find Facebook groups that are in the same niche as you share there and see if you can gain some followers. Facebook does a super cool thing too, where if you share something in a group and let's say it gets a hundred likes, you can go in and invite each and every one of those likes to follow your page. So that's, so I think that that's step one. Step two is creating more of that original content, sharing it and see what performs. So if you have something that's doing better than the rest of your content, like even if you only have 250 followers, if your average post gets two likes and a share, but then you get one that's got 15 likes and three comments and seven shares, then you've got something that's stronger. And I would use that as your stock for advertising, your asset for advertising. No, interesting. Cool. This is awesome, man. I really appreciate it. Okay, so... That's on the Facebook side. You once told me, or so before, I, I'm gonna, I want to ask you about some SEO stuff that just have been rattling around in my head. But so you told me once that all big page owners know each other, <laughs> and that they're all like associate, like they all have met each other at some point. Is that still kind of true? Does that ring true? I know there's been consolidation, like within the large. I don't know if you want to call them meme pages, but I don't know. If, I know, I know in a lot of other like channels that that is reality, but I don't know how you know like separated the Facebook landscape is. So I'm curious if that's still, you know, is is that still real or how it is? To a degree. Yeah. And less so now because like mutual sharing arrangements are less productive. People just aren't working as closely with one another anymore. A lot of people have sold um, their businesses that they built in the, you know, late 2010s, early 2020s. And, uh, so they're just not in it anymore. It's a smaller community for sure. But there are some people uh, who have hung on and kind of talk a little bit, but it's it's not, probably not the same community that it was just because Facebook has disincentivized that. Although there are, you know, I've made lifelong friendships because of it, which is super cool. And it's also kind of funny when you like know the page admin and then yeah. you see po- and then you see posts on their page that are like being a grandma is the greatest privilege in the world. And it's like, dude, you're a 40 year old man, but <laughs> good job with your audience for sure is, congrats is that saying like every every like skincare product is just dudes and like selling stuff to like women with money or i, I don't know i remember somebody told me this quote forever ago and i totally just butchered it but it's basically just i think that's like, uh i think that's fight club actually because they oh, were really? stealing <laughs> they were stealing the liposuction fat and then tyler and then tyler durden is talking about how he's like stealing their fat and selling their fat asses back to them in like soap form, something like yeah, that. I think that's good. what you're referencing. Probably, probably. All <laughs> right. 
Okay, talk to me about Reddit. So, like, we won't go as deep on it, but I mean, you double the subreddit, which is insane. And obviously, it's like poli- it's politically related, which like yeah. with all this stuff, I'm always just trying to be like, it's more just like it's interesting to see the growth happen. And like every marketer that is like worth you know their salt is basically they just are really good at growing things. <laughs> so, talk to me about what that process was like, and like what did that look like to basically get that to happen. I mean, and could you even do it now in the same capacity as you did previously? Well, Reddit's a wild place. You'd be surprised what you can do there. But in the case of Sanders for president, so I adopted the page after the 2016 cycle. And because I was a participant in moderating it at the time, I was able to see kind of what worked and what didn't, what strategic missteps they made in 2016. Like, for example, there was pressure from the community where they were like, hey, we need to have activism only days. So only posts about like phone banking for Bernie or canvassing for Bernie or how to go to a Bernie rally. And they did that. And all it did was stifle their growth. For 2020, what we realized was that fundraising was the most important thing that the subreddit could do. Second to that was arming people with understanding like how to talk about the candidate. Because Bernie Sanders is a different kind of candidate for sure. Like he was out there saying things like, we need to let prisoners vote. And that's something that's a little bit difficult to talk about, right? But we found that that really every single person that we came across was one or two conversations away from voting for the guy. So really it came down to fundraising and then communications. So we saw what didn't work in 2016, which was restricting the communications and fundraising side of it. And we did none of that in 2020. So just as an example of why we were, we were able to, to double that growth. And we did it in less time too. He dropped out in February or March, whereas in 2016, he went all the way through to the June convention. That's what it's yeah. called. Yeah. No, it's wild though. Was it like tactical things that like really like, I mean, one or two things that kind of pushed it over or was it really just like cultivating that community piece? And then it was just naturally like cascading from that. There were, there were a few key things that we did. One of the, one of the funnier things that we did was utilizing emojis as fundraising tools. And I think the first one that we ever did was one of the guys on the team posted something like donate to Bernie Sanders now for a donation dolphin. It was just a dolphin emoji emoji that we put in their flares. And it was something like a $5,000 fundraiser, just giving people dolphin emojis. And so we kind of ran with that. And so that was a, that was a huge channel for like community building. Number one, actually fundraising number one and community building number two. And then at the end of a fundraising cycle in 2019, so this would have been I think December 31st, this was end of quarter four, uh, the fundraising deadline showed up and we, we reached out to the Sanders campaign and we were like, Hey, make a post on the Bernie hyphen Sanders, Facebook or not Facebook, Reddit account and have it say, Hey, Reddit, this is Bernie Sanders. Once again, I'm asking for your support because the whole, once again, I'm asking meme was like super hot at the time yep. and uh, $500,000 in one night That's wild. was was what was raised from that from that single post and then that like that launched us even harder and faster up until the very end of the campaign yeah yeah and it's big moments like that where legitimizing your your community is really important like we had a presidential candidate show up and make a post nothing says nothing says you're the real deal quite like getting that celebrity voice in no that makes total sense so so just to kind of 
I'm going to, you know, mirror this back to you. It's like flares are super valuable as a way to basically grow, build status within the organization. So you can use that, you know, to get users to do an action that is valuable to you within your community. It's funny. I'm just like seeing this like applied in all of these other places. Like they're doing this in like all of these discord channels and I mean, Facebook groups yeah, exactly. everywhere. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Gamifying basically yeah, it's gamifying the, the, the community, which is hilarious. So sorry about that. The, okay. So the next thing then is you're going to basically have some type of thought leader that the community respects come in and do a post. And that basically legitimizes the community that it's like a, you know, an actual thing and kind of creates a credibility component. Do you do, can you do that too early or like too late? Like talk to me about that, the, the, the community like legitimization process. Like is there like, do you need some momentum first to get them there? Or like, or if you start out with, you know, a banger guest, right? For right from the beginning, will that help you more effectively? I don't know how it would necessarily translate for a business trying to get going on social media. I think that in the case of the Bernie subreddit, he could have showed up any time and probably had about the about the same impact. Nice. Okay. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, man. Reddit's a beat. Like. I feel like if you can figure out Reddit, it's a beast. And if you can't, it is the biggest nightmare that's <laughs> ever existed. Like I talked to all these founders and they're like, they're like, yeah, we're going to try to do this stuff on Reddit. And I just, every time I'm like, just don't just like skip it and go to the part where you go and do something else that like, isn't as you know <laughs> full contact. It's just like, yeah. I mean, it's just pure violence on that platform in contrast to like some of these other ones were, which are not as <laughs> aggression like Phil. Reddit has a wily user base. It's true. And I also don't know exactly how businesses do business organically on Reddit. Aside from like, I don't know, every once in a while, you're, you know those the glasses that correct color blindness or whatever. Yeah. There was a couple of years ago that there was just like a bunch of posts on the front page of Reddit about like you people trying them on and crying. And, and I'm not certain, but I'm like 99% sure that those were ads. Or like somebody paid some service somewhere to get like a hundred upvotes on some key community. And it was just yeah. like enough to propel it up onto the front page of Reddit. So I know businesses do that. Yeah. I'm almost certain of that. I also know like bot farms do that kind of thing on Reddit too. As far as like you're a founder with a business and you're trying to figure out Reddit, no idea. If you run for president on Reddit, I can help you give me a call, but I'm not totally sure about business wise what to do. Uh, you're muted. Uh, well, Thomas, this has been awesome, man. We're just coming up on the 30 minute mark. So any like final, I, I guess, what are you uh, most excited about right now on the like marketing like world, like any of the projects or things that you're working on? Is, is there any like arbitrage or marketing arbitrage that you're seeing currently besides what you shared today? That's like, you know, exciting you about the kind of near future. Honestly, it's all Facebook right now. It's it's historically been the best place to do business and it still is. You just have to figure it out. Like be authentic, be yourself, be human on Facebook. That's what's really going to connect in a pretty big way. Aside from that, like SEO, still a strong channel. Like right now, AI is disrupting the hell out of search engine optimization in a lot of ways, but yeah. there is so much room for growth. I don't personally see it being penalized anytime in the near future. I, I, Run I, with I, it. I'll have you on at some point I'd, to just, I'd love to, I mean, you guys are really scaling out content production. I think the last time I talked to you, it's like, you're doing like 5,000 articles a month or something insane. So at some point I'll come have you talk about that and like what that process looks like just to like create an editorial, like 
that actually works. <laughs> but anyway, I, I totally agree on that like side of it, though. I think that that's just like this massive, massive thing that it's, I mean, I'm preaching that constantly, though. So like, <laughs> for sure, for other people to hear from not just me being, you know, <laughs> out here talking about it. So I gladly pitch draft horse whenever I can. <laughs> There's zero need for that. <laughs> but no, I know it, uh, it's pretty exciting. I, I'm seeing like a lot of these companies start to adopt it now, especially these early stage, which is awesome. So, but yeah, for sure. But look, Facebook is one of the best places to do business right now because everybody hates Facebook. There's yeah. reduced everything on Facebook. It's just making room for you. So seize on it. Yeah, that makes total sense. Well, all right, man. Where can people find you if they want to ask questions like Twitter, or LinkedIn, or what? what's the uh, best place to reach out to? Oh, good question. You can find me on Twitter. My Twitter handle is oh hello I'm Thomas. All one thing, no hyphens or underscores anywhere. Or you can find my Facebook page, Give a Shift About Nature. Messages are open. I always answer them. Hit me up. Cool. I appreciate it. Thank you again as always. And yeah, man, we'll have you on and like in the near future to talk about all the AI SEO stuff that you're doing and kind of that bulk content production. I think you're doing an unreal programmatic job. So I I I'd love to hear your learnings and stuff. So Thank you much, buddy. So glad to have been on today. Awesome. Cheers.